0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, reviews, technology, associated products, and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Essential Apple and. All I have to say is, what the actual hell? I go on holiday for a week, and the internet has gone berserk. It's crazy. We've had all sorts, absolutely everything. Uh, Samsung uh, shipped some fold review units, which were a bust, literally. Um, Then they've said they're going to delay, quote unquote, the launch, um... Johnny Ive gave an interview saying he lives in the future. Well, no surprise there, really, I suppose. Uh, Tim Cook says he believes in doing the right thing. Uh, I guess ditto on that one. Uh, Apple have got into a row about pulling screen time apps. Uh, Loads of stuff has happened. Um, So, to talk with me about that, I am joined this week by Nick. Hello, Nick. Hi, Simon. Hi, Simon. Yeah, good to
1: be back. Thanks for having me on again. No
0: problem. No, not a problem. I can't believe it. We had two fairly slow weeks, and then I take a week off to, you know, for Easter, and it's all gone mental. <laughs> that
1: serves you right for having time off.
0: Oh yeah, fancy that. <laughs> dear oh dear oh dear. Well, ah, uh, where shall we start? Um, well, I suppose we have to start with the story that everybody is covering. Uh, when we we start with uh, Samsung's. Uh, Fold The Galaxy Fold. I don't want to go on about it too much, really, because everybody's talking about it and it's all been rehashed to death. But for anybody who doesn't know, the Galaxy Fold um, was shipped to uh, a bunch of reviewers. Um, you know, all, all the big names had one. And uh, it was a bust, <laughs> quite literally, um, for a variety of reasons, it seems. Um, but most, uh, well, I say most, uh, a fairly. A uh, sizeable number appear to have broken within about forty-eight hours. Um, not a good look. Not
1: no, good that, that, they're not folding it right. That's what the problem is. Yeah, that's it. Not folding <laughs> it right. Um,
0: everybody's made that joke. I have to admit. Um, yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. It 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 just seems to me horribly uh, embarrassing for Samsung. I should think. Um,
1: yeah, I mean it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I remember talking about this on Bart's show when they first announced they were going to do a folding phone. Yeah, um, and him saying, in some ways, this is great because it's like Samsung are doing the, the beta testing for everybody. They'll mm. try all the stuff that doesn't work, uh, and it appears <laughs> it appears that's spot on. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's exactly it, what they've been doing. They've it, been sort yeah. of beta testing out in, <laughs> the, the, with the reviewers.
0: The, the strange thing is, you know, people who know about this sort of thing have said. You know, this isn't like something that Samsung rushed out. They've been working on folding screens for like a decade. Yeah, yeah, um, and
1: you wouldn't really put out something that you thought was going to break, would you? No, um, that easily.
0: Um, I mean, I know,
1: I know there were issues. I know there were issues with people removing what they thought was screen protectors, and they weren't.
0: Yes, that that was thing. I mean, that again seemed very slapdash that they had this protective layer which should not be removed because it's, you know, an integral part of the screen protection. But it, if you see the photographs of it, it just looks like a screen protector stuck on the front. I mean, why on earth it doesn't go under the bezel um, if you don't want people to pick at it? It just mm. struck me as very strange. But the biggest, the biggest problem seems to be um, something which I guess is inherent to the very design of it, which is that at the hinge... Uh, you know, like when you close your wallet, there's a small gap between the uh, screen I, and the frame. Uh,
1: yeah, I read one article which said that um, I, I can't remember who it was from. I'm afraid, um, but they said that it was the largest gap they'd ever seen in a mobile phone. You know, in the whole the actual where where dirt could ingress into was actually the largest that ever seen. Mm. So it's not surprising that you know that's happened.
0: I mean, I know um, I, I listened to uh, Dieter Bond. And um, on The Verge, I think. And he he was, when he's broke, um, he was absolutely, you know, like, oh, my God, I've broken it. What have I done? And he said he spent the whole night thinking of things he could have done that might have caused it to break. Um, it, it, down to the point that he was worried that somehow the, um, <laughs> the modelling clay that they'd used to uh, hold it up while they photographed it had somehow got into the hinge and worked its way through and gone behind <laughs> the screen and broken it, all of which sounded very unlikely to me. But, um, mm. so yeah, it, it's all very strange. And then, um, obviously they said they're post at first. They said they weren't going to postpone the launch. It was going ahead. And a, a few, you know, a few broken ones, uh, was just, you know, bad luck.
1: Par for the course. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then they, but then they pulled it Then they said, um, they're, they're postponing it. Um, now, um, apparently, the official line is they're going to—they're t- talking about a mid-June launch. But that, i d- i don't see how you're going to do very much with a product like that in in that short time.
1: I suppose it depends on how. Um, I suppose it depends on what what was causing the issues. I mean, uh, one and again, another of the articles that I read about it said that unfortunately, when uh, when oh, I'm going to forget the name of them again, aren't I? What type of screen is it?
0: Well, it's a sort of flexible OLED of some kind.
1: OLED, that's it. OLED is what I was trying to think of. Um, The the inherent inherent problem with OLED screens is when they do fail, they fail pretty spectacularly, And they don't just take a few pixels, they'll just take the whole screen out. Mm. Um, So it was in, yeah. So, yeah, I just can't believe they would put something out that would break so easily. I, I don't believe these guys these reviewers would have gone out of their way to break them.
0: No, I don't
1: They might've might gone out of their way to, you know, to check the flexibility of the hinge and the, cause that, I mean, if you're going to fold it thousands and thousands and thousands of times, you're going to want it to be pretty robust, aren't you?
0: Well, so, so that's not treating it badly. That's just no. well, from know, what, what I from what I can figure out. Most people seem to think that the hinge itself was an incredibly clever piece of um, engineering and yeah. it, it has gears in it, which make it work like um, paired it's paired, so you can't. Even if you try and open one side, the other side opens proportionately because they're they're linked oh, oh, together by gears to prevent you somehow, you know, twisting or, um, you know, unfolding the screen in a in an unsuitable manner. So, you know, a lot of thought has gone into it. I mean, um, the only the I'm only... sure
1: I'm sure it has. I mean, you, you don't throw. <laughs> As we've probably said before when we've been discussing these things, phones don't just appear. No. It's not like someone has a thought a couple of weeks before and thinks, I oh, know, we'll do it this way.
0: Just throw <laughs> some bits together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've
1: um, um, been planning it for years. So, the, yeah, it seems very unfortunate.
0: The only one of the only comments I kind of uh, thought might address it in any way, shape, or form was um, Carolina Milanese said on Tech Pinions, I think although she's been on a couple of other podcasts. Um was that because they've had these things in the labs and obviously they've been working with them. Have they have they kind of, you know, become acclimatized to what you can and can't do with this phone? And and at no point have they given it to somebody and said take it out in the real world for 48 hours and see what happens.
1: Yeah, you see even that I find unlikely. Yeah. Because very... I mean when you when you're doing testing, you don't just you don't just hand it out to people I mean, the whole point of testing is that you hand it to people who don't know anything about it.
0: Yeah.
2: You don't
1: absolutely. give it to people who, who know it, and you give it to someone who doesn't know it and say, "Have a look at that, make that work." Um, when I used to um, the fir- when I first started working in I.T., uh, the team I joined had a, a person on it who, um, who seemed to be able to um, break anything. <laughs> basically let's call them nick because that's my name and then i won't offend anybody uh, so their name was nick and uh they used to call it nick testing <laughs> give it, give <laughs> so they give him. it to the person who broke everything give and it said him. you know hey, it, try that see if you can break it
0: <laughs> if it survives them then it's probably good to go yeah yeah um so,
1: and, I'm, and i'm sure i'm sure samsung will have done that so yeah it's very unusual isn't it
0: uh, I mean I the thing with the whole you know the gap at the ends, I know to some extent it's almost inherent in the in the whole idea of folding something over because you ca- it can't be totally sealed down because then it wouldn't have enough room to flex. yeah, but you'd think maybe you could put um I don't know a silicon gusset or a I don't know, I'm not a product engineer, but just to leave a gap seemed to me to be a, a terrible oversight
1: you see the thing is i mean people i mean they know this they've been making phones for a long time people treat their phones very differently uh, i remember going in once to buy uh, was it a case i can't remember i went into a, a, a one of our local um uh, third party retailers uh, to get something um and i was in the shop and he said do you want a you know a screen protector and i said no i never I never have a screen protector on my phone it, it lives in my pocket and nothing else goes in the pocket other than my phone mm. uh and there was <laughs> there was a woman sort of about two-thirds of the way along the counter who just looked across and uh, did a sharp intake of breath <laughs> <laughs> you know because <laughs> obviously that's not the way she treated her phone no um,
0: I, I i must admit i've never um been a fan of screen protectors um
1: no, I've not liked them either. So I do take care of my phones and I don't put them in a situation where they're likely to get scratched.
2: I
0: do. But uh, you
1: know, I do my best. But you would have often. thought in testing you would have thought you'd try everything. You know, you'd 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 put it somewhere where you had it in your pocket and in a bag with lots of detritus <clears throat> <arthritis> and Yeah. <laughs> there know. we go. Uh, there we go.
0: Anyway, so there we are. That has um been at least delayed as a result. Um, and if people want to read about it, just look on the web because it's everywhere. And pretty Indeed much every so. podcast has discussed it at great length. <laughs> there we go. Um, and it was all very strange, is the honest truth. Um, well, I suppose the other big story, of course, is Apple and uh, Qualcomm. What a surprise that was.
1: Yeah, best buddies now.
0: Well, I'm not sure about best buddies, but uh, I mean, they they went to court, you know, they've been winding up for ever, and they went to court and they both put forward their kind of opening arguments and apparently they then agreed on a, journey, uh, a jury because they get to say, I don't like him. He, yes, yeah. I don't like him, he's got a Samsung phone, send him away, you know. Um. So they did all that and then on the next day they went, Um. we've settled. So can you close the case?
1: (laughs) You can imagine people saying, what?
0: What? I wonder if some of the jurors were thinking, damn, I was set for, you know, a good three months in a five-star hotel on the back of this.
1: (laughs) I'm sure the solicitors are kicking kicking their own ankles and thinking, oh. Oh,
0: damn. I thought I was made. Yeah.
1: That's it. I thought I was on the gravy train for
0: life. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least for a few years. Um. That, again, um, and then, of course, almost as soon as that happened, Intel amount, um, announced that they were going to drop out of producing 5G modems.
1: Mm. Um, it's, got to be, it's got to be related, hasn't it?
0: Well, I've heard various takes on it from various people who are you know, much more involved in these sort of industries than obviously you and I, Nick. And um, yeah. some people are saying that... Um, you know, Intel were not going to be able to deliver a 5G modem in time for uh, Apple's sort of 2020 iPhone. Um, they were not really making a huge amount of progress um, and were losing interest because there's not much money in it for them, apparently. Um, so Apple apparently had been doing most of the development work on the Intel 5G modems, uh, so I'm told. I don't know that yeah. for a fact. Um, and the the general consensus seems to be uh, Intel have said, by the way, and I've got a link in the show notes, Intel said that Apple settling with Qualcomm made up their mind that um, it was no longer worth continuing.
1: And and to to a certain extent, you can understand that attitude. I mean, it's got to be a huge contract. So,
0: yes, yes. You know, it's um,
1: it's like taking the rug from under their feet, really.
0: Um on the other hand, some people have said Apple must have had, a, you know, a, a good inkling that this was likely to happen. Yeah, and I that, think it's
1: probably a bit of both. And really. that then
0: therefore they were painted into a corner because the only, you know, Qualcomm that thus were the only game in town. Um, and so they didn't really have a lot of choice but to settle um, so that they would be able to have 5G modem. Um of course, such, you know, stratospheric uh, multinational business deals are way outside my uh, experience, I have to admit. No, but I mean, you, it's
1: in some ways, I mean, you can imagine it happening, can't you? You can imagine um, Intel going into a meeting with Apple and then and them saying, well, you know, you know, we said we could do this, you know, in a couple of months. Well... It might take us a bit longer, so maybe you know, maybe four, maybe six. Um, well, it might be a year, yeah. <laughs> you know. And Apple just saying, uh, "Okay, we'll have to have a think about this."
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I suspect you know, there's a lot more gone on behind the scenes. I suspect that. But- I think they're probably all related, almost certainly. Uh, well, we know they're related because it's all about modems. So there we go. Uh, Apple and Qualcomm settled. Um, I'm not sure they're best buddies, but they're at least trying to stab each other in the back. Yes, um,
1: a reluctant partnership, maybe. But that, um, that seems to be the way the business works in these big companies, doesn't it, really? Yeah. Most of their partnerships are fairly reluctant.
0: I mean, they've... <laughs> I believe they've see, uh, signed a six year licensing deal.
1: That's um, it's a long time, really, isn't it?
0: Yes, but they've also. In, in, in IT
1: terms, that's a huge amount of time.
0: They also apparently took a full partnership um, kind of franchise license rather than simply licensing the right to do parts of modems or whatever so yeah it's yep. um, all very complicated and if people want to read up go again go have a look i've put some links in the show notes but there's stuff all over the web about that one
1: bart will be having to find something else to talk about now
0: yeah <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> oh well never mind i'm sure there'll be another one long shortly a little well, bit I'm, like sure, I'm
0: sure there were some others i'm sure I've, I've, i'm sure i saw some this week that i didn't bother to write down but I think um, Apple, this isn't in the notes, but I did notice earlier today, apparently, um, I think it was in Australia, Apple have uh, lost the right to um, trademark one more thing. Uh, I'm not really surprised about that. I mean, it's hardly (laughs) hardly a trademark, is it? Um,
1: (laughs) Well, you suddenly find yourself being sued in the middle of uh, of the supermarket. As you say, oh, and one more thing. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um I wasn't, I wasn't
1: expecting a Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, precisely.
0: <laughs> and um there there's also another one get about to start I think something to do with the faulty power buttons on some iPhone generation several back which has finally come to uh. come to fruition anyway there we go. So I'm sure I'm sure Bart will have plenty of legal shenanigans to talk about.
1: Um uh, if, while while we're in here have you got the keyboard story in here
0: the uh no i haven 't actually see there were so yeah, many because okay. that's,
1: that, that's sort of a, yet another example of um, Apple not saying they were wrong but not but sort of doing something that makes you think
0: mm. Mm, yes uh, that is true. So, that's,
1: so, so that's where they've um, where they 've actually said to their stores that they need to fix. Uh, broken keyboards within 20, 24 hours, I think it is. Yeah, uh, I believe uh, that's what they said. 20... Rather than sending them away.
0: Yeah, pref- preferably, um, you know, pref- well, at the moment, it's a sort of five to seven working day turnaround, which is, you know, could be a, nearly a fortnight.
1: Yes, yeah, I think uh, the, so. The point before was they were having to send them away to get them repaired. And now they're, be- they're expecting people in the stores to be able to turn them around and, and, and repair them themselves. Which is almost an admission that perhaps they might have had a few problems with keyboards. Yeah, I think so.
0: And as they (laughs) said, uh, a small number of people are experiencing difficulties with their keyboards, for which we are very sorry. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, there we go. Uh, No, that's not in the show notes. But uh, yes, that is true. Apple uh, said they were sorry that some people were having trouble with their butterfly keyboards. And they've reprioritized keyboard um, fixing to a one-day turnaround, apparently.
1: Which is a good thing. Well Which done, a Apple. a good thing. Yes, well, yeah. done. well
0: done. It's a, shame,
1: it's a shame that sometimes they have to be um, cajoled, shall we say, <laughs> yes. into doing the right thing. Uh, at one time, they always seem to do the right thing without being, you know, asked. But, uh, but these days, sometimes they do need a little bit of persuasion.
0: Mm-hmm. They do indeed. But, uh, well, I, suppose then...
1: that, I suppose that's true for quite a long time, really, when we think back to you're not holding it right and antenna gate and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah <laughs> they've always needed a little cajoling.
0: Well, I suppose no no nobody wants to, you know, <laughs> cave too soon. Uh, no. But um, at, le- at
1: least they've not at least they've not had the screens fall off or the or break in half or <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: indeed. or catch on fire or, or catch anything. on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I mean uh, was it somebody jokingly on Twitter said uh oh, cuz that was the other thing talking about that was uh, I fix it did a teardown of a Galaxy Fold. Um, and oh, then yes. Yeah, were asked, then they were asked to take it down because they'd acquired it through a third party um, and Samsung weren't happy and therefore they complied in order to protect the, the intermediary party, apparently.
1: Yes, but, my understanding was that they basically said they weren't surprised that they were breaking because of the way they were built.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, several people joked on Twitter, of course, that actually uh, iFixit never meant to do a teardown, it just fell apart in our hands.
1: <laughs> which was a little That's cruel. nice, I hadn't heard that. <laughs> it was
0: funny, but a little cruel. A little cruel. <laughs> yes, maybe so. Uh, there we go. Uh, because actually on the fair side, uh, you know, overall, parent- people were very impressed with the engineering, just not impressed with the fact that it broke. Yes. Um, there we go. Uh, talking of things breaking, uh, Apple are recalling uh, UK, Hong Kong and Singapore three-pin 13-amp uh, plugs. Um, I don't know if you've seen this one. This was on BBC.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. I'm sure I must have some of these.
0: I've got loads of them. I've got drawers full of them. Nick. I'm not
1: sure I actually use any of them. Well, no, but... not do I. Nor <laughs> I, do think, I, I think
0: I must have some. <laughs> back in Back in the day... When you bought pretty much any Apple uh, device that came with a charger, you would get um you know the charging block, uh, an extension lead, particularly laptops, and you'd also get one of these plugs. so you could put the um, you could put the plug on to your um, charger and then plug it into the main socket. yep. Yeah. Um and most people like me, why on earth would you want to do that on a laptop? Because you need to, usually need as much lead as you can get. So of course they don't give you the um extension lead anymore, do you? You have to buy that separately. That's um,
1: right. Yeah, that I ain't... must admit, I, I I found it a bit bizarre. Really, I explained it to someone at uh, at work, um, and they said, uh, and. uh, how is that a story Uh, because I mean if you look at the statement it said uh, in the very rare cases uh, affected Apple three prong wall plug adapters designed primarily for use in the United Kingdom Singapore and Hong Kong may break and create a risk of electrical shock if exposed metal parts are touched well that's true of any plug (laughs) that's pretty much true (laughs) if you you touch the metal bits it's not a good idea
0: (laughs) Um, as far as The only, uh, I mean, there's only six reported incidents of this happening. So (laughs) out of the millions upon millions they've made, um, that's not Oh, right.
1: Okay. Now I'm looking at the article. It says, I think the one I looked at yesterday has got this greyish. Yeah, well, they're the new
0: ones. The ones with the Ah, grey insert are the new ones. The older ones, it it affects, uh, by the way, anybody listening, this affects uh, plugs manufactured, I believe, between 2003 and 2010. So
1: Okay, so, so I'm not going to have that many for that period, actually, thinking about
0: That's the original ones, which are full UK plug height, which is about, what, three quarters of an inch thick, yeah. and with smooth sides and uh, a white insert where, the, where it goes over the um, metal part on the charger.
1: Uh, in which case, I'm not sure. No, I don't think I have got any of these in that case. I mean, I only put my first iMac in 2007.
0: And you, you, you'd only would have got them, uh, and that
1: has uh, the iMac has a doesn't have one of those sort no. of leads. So. No,
0: it doesn't. It, you would only have got one at uh, that period. You would have got one with a laptop, an Apple laptop, um, early iPhones, I think. Well, I
1: think, I think, well, I think the, I think the um, MacBook Air I gave to my niece had a fixed plug on it. Yeah. Almost certainly it did.
0: Some, some do. Oh, well, they slide on. Once they're on, you'd hardly notice. Anyway. There, you anyway, go. yeah. Um, so. If if, you, if you've got the ones which are thinner, which are only about a half inch thick, with the finger channels down the side, those are not affected. And if you've got ones with a grey insert, they're not affected. Don't so
1: my understanding is that you take this into Apple and you give them a serial number. Does it matter what serial number? Well, Any no, serial? You,
0: number? Uh, basically, they, apparently there's a there's a website. Um, you know, you go to Apple Support and you can type in. Um, Basically, um, if you've got a fat one with no finger grips on the side and it's got a white insert, you should probably, you know, you sh- might wish to think about returning it. As yes. I say, however, I, however,
1: it's not broken, you're not in any danger of being electrocuted.
0: <laughs> no, it's not dangerous in that sense. It's no, know, somebody su- suggested um, it might have been Steve on, on Carl's show that if you have one of the bigger charges off a You know, like a larger laptop, and you plug that if you plug that directly into the wall with one of these plugs. If you were to, you know, hit it in some way, it might be heavy enough to break the insert out, um, thus exposing some of the inside. Uh, Okay, that makes sense. But as you said, that's pretty much all he could think. Um, Apparently, larger stores are being sent um, replacement plugs to dole out. So people go in with one and go, here, I've got these old ones, and they'll give you a new one.
1: Um, I I did find it amazing that um, someone said, it might have been on Cole's show again, um, that there were 12. They'd had 12 possible failures, and that's why they were recording them all, which is incredible.
0: Well, I read six.
1: Oh, six, six, and maybe it's, it was six.
0: Anyway, which is what That's I'm saying. That's a very right? tiny number. That's a very, very small number out of the millions upon millions of those that must be manufactured. As I say, I've got a drawerful. full. I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. I don't no, know I don't think I am either. I, I, I hardly, I, I don't, I'm not sure I've ever used one, which is why I've got hundreds of them laying around. <laughs> yes. Because they're basically a UK plug with a, you know, with the figure eight connector, like the yes. ones you plug into small radios or, or the like. There we go. Was it three amp or five amp? Lead? Something like that. Yeah, there we go.
1: I've got a fair number of those around, but <laughs> but not, not these plugs.
0: There we go. Um, so that's that. If you have some and you're worried about them, uh, you know, talk to Apple. Um, but they've got to, be, as far as I can tell, they've got to be at least nine years old to qualify. Anything newer than that is apparently safe. So there we are. Um there was a bit of a furore this week as well, because um, apparently um, Apple have been pulling third party, quote unquote, screen time apps. Um, I- I've seen a variety of headlines ranging from the somewhat hyperbolic um you know, Apple clamping down on apps which, you know, help you fight iPhone uh, addiction, to uh, Apple pulling apps which help protect children, that sort of thing, to some rather more um, moderate ones, which says Apple is uh, clamping down on third-party screen time apps due to privacy abuses. Um... Also, on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, but somebody, uh, it, might have been, uh, it might have been Benedict Devins, or it might have been um, Ben Thompson, it doesn't matter, um, they pointed out that these sort of apps, if they can monitor what you're doing in order to you know, restrict your screen time to control what apps you have access to, what sites you go to, and so on, then um, they have to have full and open access to your phone. Um, mm. Mostly by installing um, you know one of these uh, profiles, which means you are in effect opening up yourself to um, monitoring every single thing you do, which is not necessarily a particularly great plan um, and also uh, somebody pointed out of course that it's all in the phrasing um, an app which protects your children from iPhone addiction uh, could equally be you know phrased as um a creepy app that lets you spy on somebody else and uh control their yeah <laughs> uh, yeah control yeah, their absolutely. device um yeah. you know it'd be a bit like that um thing that we mentioned before the um Saudi Arabia you know track your wife kind of app so, i mean that's you know, we were saying you know that's at least to westernize a highly dubious proposition um what
1: I, I mean apple are, apple are constantly having to do this sort of balancing act aren't they between offering functionality and securing and keeping people secure and offering them privacy mm. um and some people don't like it <laughs> no. well they would they would prefer to be able to do what they want to do and um, in all honesty their intentions may be completely honest yes but... But the fact is, Apple's got to draw the line somewhere.
0: Well, uh, Phil, Phil Schiller said that they are pulling third-party screen time apps due to privacy abuses. Um, Tony Fidel apparently is called Screen time, Apple screen time a rush job, but that's a whole different matter. 9to5Mac, um, Phil Schiller... Said um, Bill Schiller explains that Apple is pulling third-party Screen Time apps, which abused the mobile device management system to track all data and activity on children's devices uh, in order to present this information to parents. Uh Schiller said this is a privacy issue which cannot be left left to continue, and Apple will not uh, reject apps which use alternative methods other than MDM. Um, the the point here, this is a bit like the uh enterprise. Uh, certificates. Yes. In that the um, mobile device management uh, profiles is designed for enterprise. This is designed for companies which hand out, you know, iOS devices to their um, employees and wish to be able to control exactly what is installed on them. Um, mm. And it, that's for, you know, again, like the enterprise thing, it's expressly forbidden for non-enterprise use. So um, yeah. There we go, um, and also in in an email, um which isn't in that one somewhere else, uh Phil did mention several screen time apps, um which he said are very good and you know are perfectly allowable, so you know they're not it's not some people have accused them of pulling it because they have their own screen time app, um you know, and as far as I can tell, that is not the reason they are not telling all screen time monitoring apps that they have to. Uh, change or get out, Um, only ones who have done things that they're not supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Here we are. Um, I suppose that leads on to this one. Uh, Apple's CEO Tim Cook speaks out about doing what's right despite backlash. Um, uh, Uncle Tim, of course, appeared at the Time i believe uh time 100 summit um and there's a link here he gave a uh you know he was on on stage being interviewed and uh he basically said um that apple um believe in doing the right thing um and it's about policy not politics um there we go it's worth it's worth watching it's not very long um I'm sure somewhere there's probably a much longer version. The the link uh, I've got here is to Yeah, fortune. I like I
1: like the I like this comment. Um, I don't know whether this is in Americanism, but he says that I try not to get wrapped up in a pretzel about mm. who we upset.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's oh, well, in, well, tied in a knot I guess that's the, yes, uh, the, yeah, the yeah, English yeah. equivalent thereof. Um yes, it, it says uh no, Cook said it's uh, I we are a deeply free person in mindset. But he believes that the tech industry needs to be regulated. Um, the tech industry is facing intense criticism over sharing of vast troves of customer information, which of course Apple can, on the whole, say that they don't do. Um, and mm. he uh, also apparently has indicated that Apple are looking to do much more work uh, in the healthcare side of things um there we are so uh that's worth looking out if you want to hear what uh what tim cook has to say he, i have to say um he seemed you know sometimes when you listen to tim cook he he you feel very much that he's reading off a prepared statement um in this he seemed quite animated i got the impression yeah. that he was speaking it's obviously something he cares
1: about a lot doesn't it?
0: I, I think it is i, I you know as he, yeah. he, he said i watched it and um he said, for example, we try not to comment on things where we don't feel we have any standing. Um, by that, he said, what I mean by that is, you know, we don't want to just be talking heads, spouting opinions and adding to the mm. noise. So, you know, the things that we comment on we, we are things that we feel we have something to contribute, be it, you know, the environmental side or, uh, you know, personal privacy or and the like. Um,
1: talking about healthcare, I brought myself a Quadio... Blood pressure monitor.
0: Okay,
1: it's cool. It's very simple to set up. You just pair, pair it with you hold the phone near to it, and it sort of pairs Bluetooth, and uh, and the, and then you just set it off from your phone, and it measures your blood pressure. Very cool. very cool. So, if anyone's thinking of buying one, <laughs> I think I, I think I got it for eighty three quid or something like that on uh, Amazon. Okay.
0: Well, uh,
1: uh, uh, and if you if you need to monitor your blood pressure, of then, uh, then, then, then it's uh, yeah, it works, <laughs> and that's all you want from those sort of things, really. You want to slap them on, get You're it done, one. yeah, and go do something else. <laughs> Very much so.
0: Very much so. Uh, well, if you've got a link for that, Nick, put it in the put it in the show notes.
1: Oh yes, I will do. I'll sort it out.
0: We'll put it in. The, we'll put it in the worth of chirps. Um, so, what else has happened? Um, there was a small bug apparently in the iOS App Store which was um, preventing people from updating or purchasing any apps. Apparently, they were getting stuck in a, um, you know, confirm dialogue loop.
1: Oh, dear. Uh, That's not good for Apple, is it? No, it didn't affect (laughs)
0: affect, uh, everybody, and uh, apparently they patched it quite quickly, but um, there's a link here. I
1: can imagine they'd be running around like headless chickens to get that one fixed. Yes. That's um, that's the revenue, not (laughs) (laughs) what.
0: Yeah. People were apparently being presented with the, you know, such and such, and after they clicked, I accept it would simply pop back up again, preventing them. And the only way out basically was to cancel and close the, uh, app store app and go about your business. Um, ah. yeah. So there you go. That was, uh, but that was fixed. That was fixed, uh, with, you know, at, at the back end apparently. Um, there we go. Uh, what else? Uh, this, this one, this one was, this is sort of a Apple related as it were. Um, a surfer lost his Apple watch. Um, whilst body surfing, um, and it survived, according to the headline, survived six months at sea. That's, again, a somewhat uh, hyperbolic statement, I would say. Um, he says in the article, basically, that he, he was body surfing and he lost his Apple watch. He realized that it had come off at some point. Um, and so he, he did the, you know, find my, uh, device thing and set it to the lost mode so that it has a, you know, displays that I'm lost, please ring whatever number. And, um... Nothing came of that, so he, he gave up and bought an, uh, bought himself a new watch. Anyway, uh, six months later, a beachcomber uh, found the watch uh, on the shoreline, and uh, apparently, it doesn't ex- explain here uh, exactly how, I can only assume that he took it home and had an Apple Watch himself, or themselves. I don't know, I don't think it specifies, um, and uh, put it on charge and it fired up, because there's no way it would have a charge in it after six months. Um... <laughs> you
1: would think not. <laughs> uh,
0: no, you would think not. Anyway, however, they then contacted the you know, the surfer and he was reunited with his watch, which is apparently still working perfectly well. Um he described it as having a slight haze on the screen, um, but otherwise being relatively unharmed. So That's uh, pretty amazing, that's isn't it? That's pretty good. Although uh, oh,
1: um, yeah. I... If, if it had actually physically been at sea, I mean, saying it, it had been six months at sea makes it sound a little bit like it had been off on an adventure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and this, this one's particularly, uh, particularly for Alistair. Um, I, I reckon what happened is it fell through a small wormhole in space to go and live a total Apple Watch orientated lifestyle <laughs> um, and probably ended up driving a limousine for a, a family of cheap um, green. Retractable pencils. (laughs) (laughs) Alice still will know what I'm
0: talking about. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure that, um, well, I mean, I don't know. Nobody knows. But I suspect that what actually has happened is that, yes, it fell in the water. It spent some time in the water. Uh, I mean, you know, Apple say they're not waterproof, but they're pretty highly water resistant. Yeah,
1: that's right. Um, I mean, you can swim, can't you?
0: Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I don't know how deep the water would be where this guy was surfing. Um, and then I suspect that it was washed up on the shore by the waves and then probably spent quite a lot of time buried in the sand. Um, yes,
1: yeah, I think there's a good chance that's the case. But the fact that it survived and it's working I mean, again yeah, is that, a good. I mean,
0: that doesn't good... mean that it had a good donkey in seawater twice a day, does it? You know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but somebody picked it up, and uh, as I say, apparently the screen is a little bit hazy, which wouldn't, which I suspect is as much sand abrasion as anything else, um, and mm. some salt ingress there, there from. But there we go. So there you go. It's uh, it's it survived six months, uh, at least, at the very least, on the beach and was returned. To I, I remember
1: seeing an, uh, uh, some time ago, um, there was a video of uh, someone, um, filming seagulls with a GoPro and one of the seagulls decided he, it would take the GoPro. Yes. Uh, but it carried on, carried on filming while it, it sort of took it a little way away and then he dropped it on the ground and jumped on it a bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that, yeah. It snatches the GoPro, flies away and flies off and then it's like a pecking at it, isn't it?
1: That's right. And you could just see someone running in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> in the
0: background, running towards it. Get off my camera, Yeah, thieving seagulls. Yes. Um and uh, I that's not the first uh, similar story it was Buster Haney of um Cult of Matt, um on the cult cast. He he does a lot of uh, cliff jumping. Oh um, right, yeah. Yes, in um, you know in america he's keen to go out into the desert and jump off cliffs into uh, pools of water whatever floats your boat anyway indeed
1: uh, indeed good luck to him
0: <laughs> whatever um and he lost um he lost an apple watch doing that um and it was returned to him several weeks later when somebody found it in a creek running out of one of the pools that he jumped into um still working apparently so Why? although he's lost more than one he's lost more than one watch doing that you would think that he might have learned either not to use his watch while jumping off cliffs or to get a strap with a rather more secure fastening
1: <laughs> yes indeed
0: <laughs> i mean once you could forgive uh, second or third time perhaps that's not a good idea buster there we <laughs> go oh dear Ah, uh, um Apple apparently poached Intel's lead 5G engineer in February to expand its own smartphone modem team. Um, This kind of ties up with the whole Apple Qualcomm um, settlement was influenced uh, Intel to bail out. Um, Hmm. uh, there's not really a lot to say about that. Um, apparently, they poached a leading 5G engineer from Intel, which probably means that they were already aware that Intel was not going to deliver the goods. Ah, uh, there. And I think that's pretty much all of the Apple stories. Oh, well, we've got um, uh, Apple's Johnny Ive um, was uh, interviewed by Document Journal, apparently, along with uh, Kim Jones of Dior, Um I won't really go into that. If you're, there's a link in the show notes. It's um, an interesting read. Uh, writing's a bit airy-fairy, to be honest. But um, quite interesting to see what Johnny has to say. Uh, he's as vague as ever. <laughs> he doesn't let anything on. Um, yes, I
1: mean, if you understand what this paragraph means, you probably get, get, get a lot out of it. So here's a paragraph for you. We're, we remain physical beings in a physical world and I'm shocked at how much work is done with little understanding of what's physical and what's three-dimensional and what's real.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. So there you go. Um, the <laughs> biggest takeaway that most people got of it is uh, Johnny Ives says he feels like he's living two years in the future. Um, that's because you are, Johnny.
1: Yes, he probably is. He's designing stuff that will come out later. Yes, yeah. he is.
0: <laughs> you know, he's got an Apple Watch 7. We know that, you know. <laughs> Stupid god. <laughs> Of Course, he lives two years in the future. Uh, there we go. But it's, it's, it, if, yeah, if you can, um, if you can get over the somewhat airy fairy writing, it's, uh, it's not a bad read. Um, right. Well, there's no, um, no John's hardware store, uh, from Nemo uh, this week because, uh, Easter and uh, Passover have disrupted the delivery schedule to the hardware store. So, um, I don't know. What should we press on a little bit more? What else have we got? Um, overcast have now um added support for sharing of clips um so you may have seen if you go on twitter that uh short clips of podcasts are now cropping up with regular uh frequency <laughs> i'm sure the novelty will wear off but um there we go that was overcast have added that um
1: no, it's, still, it's good that it's still being developed
0: yes oh yes marco arment is always uh you know messing about with it adding features um this one caught my eye nick um we accidentally created a wonder material which could revolutionize batteries and electronics
1: um oh the number of times i've heard that said over the last few years (laughs) indeed
0: indeed but this was an interesting read um they uh i forget exactly what they were trying to do they were trying to make sheets of some kind of phosphorus based material i think um we were trying to separate layers of phosphorus crystals into two dimensional sheets. Instead. As, as you do. <laughs> yeah, as you do, um, obviously. Instead, our te- technique created tiny tagliatelle like ribbons, one atom thick and a hundred or so atoms across, but up to a hundred thousand atoms long. Uh, we spent three years honing the production process before announcing our findings. Um, <laughs> Apparently, these two-dimensional ribbons have a number of remarkable properties. Uh, Their width-to-length ratio is similar to the cables spanning the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, they are incredibly uniform, but they have a manipulable width, apparently, which uh allows their properties such as weather and how they conduct electricity to be fine tuned They are also incredibly flexible, which means they can follow the contours of surfers they're put on and even be okay. twisted um we go uh there's quite a long article so I won't, I yeah. won't go into great uh, the
1: corrugated structure of phosphorene nanoribbons. Mm. that's that's a cool name. Isn't it means that the charging ions that power batteries could soon move up to a 1,000 times faster. Well, that's important because one, one of the problems we've got with, with current battery technology is that it, it, you, you can't charge things really quickly because they just get very hot.
0: Yes, this, that is true. Uh, and you just
1: have to try, desperately try and keep them cool. Whereas if you can actually make the, make the ions move more quickly um, oh, yes. uh, within exactly. the material... This yeah. would
0: mean a significant decrease in charging time and an increase in capacity of approximately fifty percent.
1: Um, having said that, having said that, there's been an awful lot of um, battery um, potential improvements over the last few years. Um, most of them don't scale up from the laboratory.
0: This is true, although obviously these people have spent apparently three years refining the production process. Um, okay. That was, oh. that was their big thing. This is the big reveal, is that they've, they've made these things... Um, they, can, they can make a lot of them. They yes. actually <laughs> said in here, somewhere in this article, well, as I say, it's quite long, the, the, the guys actually said, or guys and girls, no doubt, um, have said that, um, you know, many of these things are announced only to find that they cannot be commercially produced. Um, these phosphory ribbons have already navigated major obstacles in the route to commercialisation. Um, Finding a scalable production method takes years for most new materials. Some never see the light of day. Um, Added to this, phosphorus is a relatively abundant and easily extracted material. Um, Since our ribbons are formed in liquids, inks or paints can easily be produced to manipulate them at scale using low-cost methods such as spray coating or even inkjet printing. There we go. Um, Okay. Fascinating. Well,
1: I mean, I'm... Always excited to hear that there are yet more um, new experiments with batteries because there's no doubt in my mind that batteries are going to become more and more and more important over the next 10 or 20 years.
0: What does it say here? It means in future batteries could possibly use sodium ions rather than lithium ions, as known lithium (laughs) reserves may not be able to meet the huge projected increase in battery demand. Yeah. Um, and extraction of this metal can be environmentally harmful. Sodium, by contrast, is abundant and cheap. Yes, it is indeed.
1: Yeah, I mean lithium itself. Um, the lithium is pretty abundant, but it does tend to come from one part of the world, mm. <laughs> which makes it problematic. Whereas sodium will be everywhere. Well, so you, uh, you
0: take sodium, and, you know, you can extract sodium from seawater. Yes, or salt. So that um, yeah.
1: sounds, yeah, quite quietly exciting.
0: Quite yes, you know, like all these things, uh, no doubt. No, they don't mention any kind of time scale. What shall we say, five to ten years out?
1: <laughs> yeah, most of five to ten years, aren't they? If they um, ever arrive.
0: There we go, and they're also saying it could unlock the potential of hydrogen as an efficient fuel because, uh, you know, you might they might be able to use this to help crack the hydrogen production conundrum. Oh, okay. Anyway, there we go. So uh, that, that intrigued me. I like those sort of things. Um, yeah, me that, too. That was very interesting. Um, and then we've got... Um, I've got a, a link here. Uh, we won't go into it. Apple won't like this. Run macOS on any PC. Uh, This is a YouTube uh, thing. Um, Basically, uh, it boils down to uh, building a a Linux box and then running a VM. Um, It's quite involved. If you're interested in that sort of thing, go and have a look. But it will allow you to effectively run uh, what appears to be, well, what is Mac OS uh, on on any PC hardware.
1: I've been looking this week, actually. I stumbled across one or two um, different videos. Um, someone was saying um, you could actually build a better Mac mini than the Mac mini uh, from an Intel Nook, okay. uh, which, which looked interesting. Uh, I must admit, I did go and have a look at the cost of Intel NUCs and they um, a sort of bare bones system starts at about 360 quid. So they're not exactly cheap. <laughs> no. And then you've got to add memory and storage, and then you've got to do all the fiddling to get Mac OS on it and, uh, there are always going to be some things that don't quite work.
0: That's almost the case uh, of, you know, uh, uh, unless you're really into doing it for the sake of doing it, because yes, it's there, yeah. you might just be better off by.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you might, yeah, you, you you probably are going to save a bit of money if you're prepared to, to go down that route, but you are going to have to jump through hoops a bit to get it done. Yes, um, indeed. And if, of course, if, um, if, if, um, well, not if when Apple updates their OS, um, you may have to stay on the old OS for a while. You, you may indeed,
0: <laughs> until somebody figures out how to patch it. Um yeah. it, I can't remember who posted this in the Slack room. Um might have been Mac Jim. He puts a lot of stuff in there. Um a new aircraft rises like a balloon. Um this was on the BBC News. Um BBC. It's, it's, um, I'd be interested to hear what, uh, what Ivor, Ivor the airship Pope has to say about this. Uh, it, yes, it a, would be
1: interesting. Yeah.
0: This is a, a, a different kind of concept, uh, with a, you know, with a different kind of purpose. Um, the idea is apparently that, uh, it's effectively uh, pretty much a neutrally buoyant helium, uh, filled kind of airship with wings. Um, and it's solar powered and it contains, um, <laughs> like a compressor and so uh, in order to rise you expel uh, the ordinary air and it rises up and then you uh, pump some air into it to make it slightly heavier than air and it will attempt to descend thus picking up speed and then will glide on its on its wings um interesting a, and the idea is apparently that it effectively it would kind of rise and then <laughs> glide and then rise and then glide uh the idea being that it could stay aloft for a very long time um
1: oh, okay so that's interesting because i I'm 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 was it google who were talking about putting up satellites something um, like that um like flying flying satellites as it were uh, to, to yes they would. Off.
0: Yes, they were doing. Um, yeah, you know, it says the Phoenix is an unmanned aerial vehicle designed to stay in the air indefinitely using a new type of propulsion. It um, looks a little like an airship, except airships don't have wings. It's a proper aeroplane, says the uh, Professor Andrew Ray. Um,
1: I could imagine that um, you know Google Earth and all that sort of stuff would find this sort of stuff interesting. Mm. Uh, you
0: know, Central you could, you keep it up here. there taking
1: photos for a long time.
0: Yes. Um, yeah. The, its ability to breathe, uh, to switch between heavier or lighter than air, doesn't make the plane go up and down. The key, it is the key to driving it forward. Um, it moves through the air like a porpoise through water. Uh, there the we technical go. term is uh, an
1: ultra-long endurance autonomous aircraft.
0: Mm. The point is to create a cheaper alternative to launching a satellite. Uh, there we go. There we are. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, this is described here as almost expendable.
2: Oh,
1: Yeah. Interesting.
0: So there we are that was that was that was quite a fascinating read it's on the BBC news um there we are uh what else um there was a deaf boy who's had a brain implant so that he can hear this was also on the uh on the BBC news fascinating again um nothing to do with apple of course but um i I, I like stories like this We all like stories like this, don't we? Um, Oh, absolutely. A pioneering brain surgery has allowed a four-year-old Theo to hear sounds and to speak to his mum. He was born deaf and was not expected to be able to speak. Uh, He could not have a cochlear implant or hearing aids because he does not have any auditory nerves. So two years ago, he was fitted with an auditory brainstem implant.
1: Goodness gracious.
0: Here we go. NHS have called this surgery truly life-changing and said it will be making the procedure uh, routine, routinely available on the NHS. I'm not sure how routine people with no auditory nerves are, but... um, do But a fascinating... Uh, there's a video here um, of him. It's yeah, uplifting. It's an uplifting story. Jolly
1: good. Which is
0: nice. Like good stories. We do like good stories. Um, Luminary, who we uh, discussed um, a little while ago, uh, managed to upset a whole bunch of podcasters and publishers and networks in their first week. Um, loads of people pulled their content. Um, not a good start for them.
1: Um, oh, this is the the podcast aggregator type, idea. Yes, yeah.
0: they want to. Um, they've got a they wanted to have a load of um kind of exclusive material and then to uh, aggregate a lot of other material which you can listen to for free um and the idea being that you would then be ent- you know enticed to give them money to listen to the um exclusive material um but they you know uh, the Spotify uh, group, so that's Spotify itself and Anchor and what was the other one? Something else. They they weren't going to be on it, and uh, several you know really big um, groups uh, of uh, publishers have uh, pulled their material. A lot of uh, independent people were unhappy because apparently they were using a proxy to uh, pull people's requests. Um, so all in all, a pretty poor start for them. Yes. Um, there we are. Uh, links in there from The Verge. Um, some of it maybe they can fix. Some of it maybe not. Who knows? Uh, we're not keen on that anyway. We're not keen on the whole no. luminary thing. Um, <clears throat> did you know? Did you know this one it was a it was sort of um, little uh, you know piece of fluff? It was twenty years ago that Microsoft changed how we mouse forever by uh, this. It wasn't the first, but they brought out um, their um, optical mouse.
1: Oh right. Okay. No, I didn't know that.
0: It was, uh, this is on Gizmodo. Um, 20 years ago, Microsoft changed how we mouse forever. Um, April 1999, Microsoft introduced an update to its IntelliMouse line of input devices. It didn't look much different than its predecessors, had a few buttons and a scroll wheel, but it introduced a technology to the masses that brought an end to the prehistoric days of cleaning dirt and grime out of your computer mouse.
1: Trackball fluff.
0: Yay! Yay, <laughs> yes. Um, so, there we go. Uh, there's a piece here with this bloke uh, reminiscing uh, about how he bought one and it was expensive, but it changed his life basically. Um, and as he says in his article, they weren't the first people to do it, but they were the first people to launch a relatively affordable um, optical mouse, which didn't need a special mat or any other kind of uh, shenanigans. It's one of those things. That,
1: it's one of those things that always amazes me, you know, when you think back when you when you're old enough <clears throat> uh, to remember back quite a long way. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's just how many of these things we take for granted now.
0: You and don't we, even uh, think about it. There don't
1: might you? only be small inventions. You know, uh, You know, we were talking about that battery thing. Uh, that could be huge. Uh, but but vast majority of people will just know that their batteries have got better. Yes. Um, but, they, they, you know, it, it's all those little things that change um, that just become part of your life. I mean, look at the iPhone. Mm. Uh, I yet again found myself watching the... Steve do his thing on stage, introducing the original iPhone. Uh, this week, how oh, yes. uh, I, I, I stumbled across it, I thought, oh, maybe I'll watch it one more time
0: because <laughs> it is fun. It is. A good um, Are you getting it yet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, it's uh, it's amazing how all these little things uh, go by. Uh, and they become just part of our everyday lives.
0: Yeah, you don't even you don't even really notice. It's often only in hindsight that you can see. Yeah, absolutely. how absolutely. Things have yeah. changed. Yeah.
1: Because I haven't got a mouse on my surface here. I use a trackpad. So.
0: Yes. Well, that of course is the other thing. You know, mice are now you know very much a desktop thing now. oh uh,
1: yes, very much. Yeah, very much.
0: There we are. Um, what else have we got? Uh, we've got a decent amount of time, so I think we'll skip uh, skip forward a little bit. Uh, Facebook unintentionally, can you hear me air quoting here? <laughs> unintentionally <laughs> uploaded the email contact lists of 1.5 million users. Uh, I can and...
1: hear them saying now, whoops.
0: Whoops, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. No, I just um, clicked
1: this button here and it, oh, oh, I don't, well. So
0: <laughs> I, I I can't remember. I might, it might have been the Verge cast. They had their um you know list of topics for the for the Vergecast, and it was like topic one, I don't know, you know the Galaxy Fold. Topic two, something else. Topic three, something else. Topic four, uh, Facebook. Am I right? <laughs> 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 so we're just going to have that as the standing last uh item where we just go and facebook am i right <laughs> there we are so um again digital trends have got a piece you know facebook unintentionally uploaded email contacts of 1.5 million users Oops, uh, well, sorry well done facebook yeah I know how that happened. Um, this isn't in the show notes, but apparently, for those who could bear it, um, Mark Zuckerberg now has his own podcast. Really? Yes. Um, and it's called that something stunning like "Talking Technology" and something with Mark Zuckerberg or something. Um. And uh, uh, one, there's a. You'll find it if you search for it. There's uh, an article. We listen to Mark Zuckerberg's podcast, so you don't have to. Apparently, the first one ran to nearly three hours long. Goodness gracious! So uh, there you go. If you if you think that you could stomach three hours of Mark Zuckerberg talking, uh, go ahead.
1: <laughs> even you and I don't. Even you and I don't go that long.
0: No, we do <laughs> a... not. No, we don't go that long. I'm glad to say we we'll don't... try. We've tried. <laughs> well, we tried, we did No. Um. Okay. Uh, apparently, watch out for this Trend Labs Security Intelligence blog. Um. There's a Windows. Well, it says Windows app which runs on Mac downloads info stealer and adware. Um. Oh. This is not strictly. Uh. It's not strictly true in in the thing. Um some dodgy downloads from um shall we say less than reputable sites uh right. <clears throat> pirates um have been found to uh download you know uh circumvented apps say no more um but uh, researchers have found within the uh package a .exe file and of course a .exe is uh, windows only but it would appear that this is merely to uh help it evade detection and it uh contains um code which can be executed on your mac and will then download nasty things all um, oh, right okay short answer um Short answer: don't, don't download dodgy apps from dodgy sites. Dodgy sites, <laughs> yes. You know, if you want, you know, if you want something, go to a reputable site and uh, you know, get hold of it in the proper manner. Um, and Proton Mail, uh, now is now offering epileptic. I believe that's her, is it uh, epileptic? I don't know. Anyway, curve cryptography for advanced security and faster speeds. Oh, elliptic, elliptic. There we go. Elliptic curve, elliptic curve, curve, curve cryptography. Um, I've turned it uh, on. Cryptography. <laughs> cryptography. <laughs> cryptography. cryptography. Yes. Anyway, anyway, I don't understand how it uh, works really. I I no, read it. I read me. the I read the article. Um, it's clever and it's quicker and more secure and all the rest. So I've turned it on. Let's put it that way. If you're interested, sure, yeah. if you're a Proton Mail user, follow the link, follow the instructions, turn it on. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, the worth of chirps, uh, apart from Nick's blood pressure monitor, which he will send a link for later, um, I found a site for ethical alternatives and resources. Um, this is an open list of resources for ethical living, from browsers, books, TED Talks, to applications. And it's at ethical.net. Um, there you go, go take a look if you uh, you know it contains all sorts of things uh, browsers, uh, various apps, things you know um, some of them I mean obviously a quick look here. we've got Firefox Tor, Brave, Vivaldi, uh, search engines, um, email services. Some of them are you know ethical because they are products which uh, for example, we have an email service here called Runbox. Uh, this is an email service which is powered purely by hydroelectricity, apparently. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, you, if you're if worried about that sort of thing. Um, there's a lot of uh, items in here, obviously, which are about security. Uh, zero carbon hosting at no extra cost. Um, this is a company called Netcetera. And, and all that sort of thing. All right, uh, Green Net, a not-for-profit collective offering hosting to supporters of the environment and human rights for example um whole load of things go take a look you might find uh you might find something that appeals to you if you're interested in that sort of thing um there's a free app to strip away all the junk uh from the Gmail uh web interface um and uh this comes from uh, a former Google chief designer as it happens um uh what's his name um, simplified Gmail is an extension for Google Chrome. So, you know, you've got to be happy using Google Chrome and Gmail, obviously. Uh, it was created by Michael Leggett. Uh, he was the designer at Google for a period of time. He co-founded Google Inbox, um, which was an alternative email app which Google have just shut down. Uh, and its local, uh, loyal and vocal user base were not pleased. Eh, the donkey, he was not pleased. Mm-hmm. Um, Right, the simplified Gmail extension is quite simple. It was designed to strip away all of the UI elements that many deem to be clutter, leaving users only with the pieces of the Gmail UI which they need. There we go. Um, The guy who made it, obviously... uh, says it contains nothing but a little bit of css and some javascript and that he doesn't uh, you know it's free and he did it because he can and it doesn't collect anything and so on and so forth so uh, if you're into that if you're a gmail user on chrome you might want to take a look at that um and that's about it really i've got one last one jumbo the privacy assistant um this is a single app uh, which lets you clean up your personal data across social media apps and internet services. Um, I downloaded it; it's free. Um, it's on the i, you know, on the app store. Um, I looked at it. The only one that applied to me was: Would you like to clean your Google search history? So I did yes please, and it said, "What do you want to delete? You know, a week, a month, a year, everything you've ever recorded." Um, so I did that. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so it's,
1: it, it's it's sort of deleting old stuff that you might yes, not want anymore. Or, you can yeah.
0: you can use it to clean up uh, your tweets. You can use it to do Instagram and a whole load of other things. Oh no, Instagram's uh, under development, I think. But anyway, it's uh, yeah It's free, and if you feel that you've got lots of stuff on Facebook, you want to dispose of or whatever uh, it will help you with that Um, and that's about it really cool there we are well we've done uh, you know a good session yet again Nick so I guess we should probably wrap the show up so um, time for you to do your usual piece I guess
1: Uh, okay so uh, you can find me uh, on spligosh on twitter occasionally and uh, you can hear me on this show and uh, Bart Bouchot's Let's Talk Apple. On occasion.
0: Excellent. Um, I am, of course, on the Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Uh, you can find the show as at Essential Apple. Um, all our stuff is over at EssentialApple.com. And uh, if you listen to the show but haven't been to the website uh, recently, do go take a look. We've had some very interesting posts uh, lately. We've had uh, a variety of reviews by uh, Mac Jim. We've had some nice infographics uh, as guest postings from uh, a nice uh, lady called Ellie Summers. We've had a um, hundred plugins um, from uh, Skylum. They sent us a list of a hundred plus Photoshop type plugins. Uh, I published that. Uh, there we go. Uh, thank you, as ever, to all the uh, you know people who support us by Patreon or otherwise. Um, thank you to the Slack room. If you want to join the Slack room, follow the link um, because half the stories come from the Slack room. Let's be honest. And I think that's probably enough. So uh, until next week, I think we'll say goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs> And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the MyMac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the MyMac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David...
2: This is Gaz for the MyMac Podcast, and we know you have your pick of high-quality, downloadable audio content, and we appreciate that you choose ours. Quite right, old bean. This is Guy, and we're here to say that the MyMac Podcast is the right choice to make. Intelligent, cultured, and downloaded by only the finest and most educated people. Indeed. In fact... We restrict our delightful missives to only those best suited... Guy, I can't go on with this. Who are we kidding? The MyMac podcast is probably one of the most accessible shows there is. Gaz, we're trying to up our reputation here. Oh, shut it. Listen, folks, tired of tech podcasts that talk over your head and go on too long, taking themselves so seriously, you'd think they were the ones making the product then you should listen to the MyMac.com podcast. At least three good chuckles per segment. If my math is right, that's about 10 laughs per show. Right. Because three times three is ten. Sometimes... I really wonder about you, Guy. No need to wonder where to find the podcast. Just go to iTunes and search for my Mac. Subscribe and jump into the fun. You know, we're part of the Stoplight Network, and there are a lot of important people there. Well, we did say we hardly know anyone important, though there was that time I was less than 30 feet away from the Waz and I could have sworn he made eye contact. Most likely, he was having stomach cramps. That would explain why he was doubled over at the time. The MyMac.com podcast. Enjoy it over a cuppa. This
0: has been the Essential Apple Podcast. Bye and thank you for listening.